Welcome to the Burden and Blessing Podcast, a study and discussion forum on the truth of God's Word. Our CPR series looks at certain topics that come up in life, and we attempt to discuss them in a way that relates to everyone. At times, we bring in the arguments of those opposed to the Word of God in order to practice contending for the faith that God gave His Church. It is our prayer that you will be equipped to give a defense for the truths of the Christian faith with humility and respect. You're listening to the Burden Blessing Podcast, and we are picking up with our continuing series called the Skeptic Series, where we take a look at questions surrounding the Christian faith. I'm Pastor Mark Tiefel, and joining me today to discuss our next question or concept is Pastor Neil Radical. Our question today isn't really a question per se, it's more of a thought, but it does lead to a skeptical mindset. And that thought is, Anyone can claim they are a Messiah. That's what we'll be discussing today. Neil, welcome. Good to see you. Good to, good to discuss this again with you and to walk through this topic. Give us a sort of a start broadly with this thought and tell us a little bit about the concept of the Messiah and why that is important in the Christian faith. If someone says this to you that anyone can claim that a Messiah, I think you really need to understand what that word Messiah means. Messiah is the Hebrew word for anointed one in the same way we use the word Christ for anointed one in the Greek, the New Testament. And so one thing that I would probably do right away is try to understand what do they mean by Messiah. So if someone's saying, well, if you're looking at the Messiah of the Bible, Jesus is supposed to supposedly, I'm playing the skeptic here, claim that he's the Messiah. What do they think that means? What kind of Messiah were they looking for? I think during the season of Lent, we are often focused on what kind of king the people wanted Jesus to be. So people are making this claim about, ah, well, anyone could be like Jesus and claim the Messiah. Ultimately, let's compare that to what the Bible says about who the Messiah is. Why did he come? What was his purpose? Because I think when we look at history, maybe we'll have a little bit of time to talk about this. We can see other people claim to be Messiah-like. And what they said or taught or invented as far as religions go, I think that's kind of the underlying root of the skeptic. And I think you're not going to hear this from believers as much as um, atheists and unbelievers, that Jesus is saying that he's the Messiah, but anyone could really say that. So what's the point of following him? What's the point of believing him? Anyone could say that they're the anointed one of God. So that's really the question we're trying to dive into here is the skepticism of why couldn't anyone make that same claim? Is it fair to say that by casting doubt on the claim that Jesus is the Messiah, we're also casting doubt on whether he's God? Oh, I think so. For sure. That's an excellent point because ultimately we're messing with the title. If the Messiah means the anointed one, we're saying, well, the anointed one was to be the son of God. And that whole point is that if we're saying he's not, then you're absolutely right. I agree with you. He's not the son of God. So this is a pretty serious thought then. We're not just talking about some random title for Jesus. We're talking about directly what he came to do and who he is in, as a savior. So this is certainly when, when someone wants to cast doubt on that, we want to have the opportunity and the ability to respond to that. And to answer the objection. So give us 
a good starting point in responding to this objection, to responding to this claim that, well, anyone can be the Messiah. So who knows if, if it really is Jesus or not? Where would you start in answering that? I think you really, I, I really like the way you focus that because I really think you did a good job of doing that just now. So I'm reading this statement in front of me. Someone says this to me, anyone can claim that they are a Messiah. I would say, well, that's true. But there's a difference between that little letter A and the Messiah. So we're talking about one specific Messiah that the Old Testament's focused on. So, yeah, certainly there can be many different types of saviors in the world. You can even say, well, my doctor did heart surgery on me. He's my savior. Well, he's not the savior. He is a savior. And so I think the same thing would be true of talking about the Messiah. If someone says anyone that can claim that they are a Messiah, that's very different than saying anyone can claim that they are the Messiah. But I think that's where the skeptic starts. They're saying, well, Jesus is saying he's the one guy. Okay, well, like you said, if he's the one guy, then he's the son of God. He's the promised savior that we look at Old Testament prophecies of the coming Messiah that God said would come to save the world. And so there can only be one of them. And so that's, that's how we can start with that whole claim against Jesus being the Messiah or basically watering down that word and that title, like you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Watering down is a good thought there. Cause that's really what, you know, the, the skeptics not necessarily trying to prove anything. The skeptics just trying to cast as much doubt as possible. So you've, you've talked about the old Testament a couple of times here. What does the old Testament have to do with this? I thought we we're talking about Jesus here. He's in the new Testament. Why are we referring to the Old Testament then? Well, the Old Testament was all covenant, God's covenant, started in Genesis 3.15, Garden of Eden, after Adam and Eve fell in the sin. God made this covenant promise that he's going to send one to crush what this, the serpent did, the head of this, crush the head of the serpent, and by doing so, his heel will be struck. So that covenant is reiterated to abraham to isaac and jacob and that covenant is passed along through the time of the, the kings of israel and that through that nation of israel as god's chosen people you might say in that sense that appointed nation to have the promised appointed savior the one and only messiah the prophecy was that he was going to be born from this nation from this tribe and so that we knew where to look to find him and so ultimately, Old Testament is all the prophecies about the coming Messiah, and there's over 300 of them, all focuses on God keeping his covenant promise to the world of all people of all time, that I'm going to send a savior, an anointed one, to take care of the, the world's greatest problem, that's sin and death. So 300 prophecies in the Old Testament about this coming Messiah, I, I heard it referred to one time by by a writer as a fingerprint identity of of the messiah that that's what god was laying out in the old testament there he he wasn't just saying that there was a, a messiah coming he was telling us specific details about who that messiah would be so that when he came people would know can you help us see what are some of those specific prophecies about the messiah that really could only be fulfilled in jesus well, you mentioned, you know, writers, you know, I will, I have no problem promoting his book because Lee Strobel's got that case for Christ book. And he does a really good job of bringing out that fact that how can you have anyone else be 
the Messiah? Anyone else, how are they going to make those claims? Because you have in the Old Testament so many specific prophecies. Uh, maybe, as you know, Pastor Mayhew and I have been going through the Psalms uh, in our studies, and there's all kinds of pro prophecies in the Psalms that speak to the fact of what the Messiah would specifically do for us. Psalm 22 is a good example during the scenes of Lent that has exactly what he would say from the cross, what people would say about him. And might, someone might say, well, he's just quoting the Old Testament. No one under torture is going to remember what to quote, quote from the scriptures. And we see that our Savior doing the exact very same thing. Also, on the flip side of that, as far as Old Testament prophecies being fulfilled, you have the crowd who didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah, also fulfilling Old Testament quotations, like in the Psalms, about who the Messiah is. So you see all these prophecies being fulfilled, not just in the Psalms, but Isaiah has dozens and dozens of uh, prophecies about what he would come to do, what they would call him, what his purpose was in being there, where he would come from. The minor prophets have very specific destinations of where he would be born, what he would, you know, uh, what he would write in on Palm Sunday. And there's no other person in the history of the world that would even be able to fulfill these prophecies anymore at this point in time. So one of the ways that you could say with this question, anyone can claim that they are a Messiah, I would say revert them back to, no, we're not talking about just any Messiah. We're talking about the Messiah and the Old Testament covenant promise of God, that line that's pointing, all those prophecies are pointing to, it's this guy. This can be the only guy. It's amazing to see testimonials from people of the Jewish nation, of the Jewish faith, recognizing in their reading of the Old Testament that it could only be this one man, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, and then coming to faith in, in the Messiah. Yeah, I, I like to think of Micah chapter 5, verse 2, where it talks about him being born in Bethlehem. You know, a lot, another skeptical argument is that the writers of the New Testament knew these prophecies and simply crafted their narratives around Jesus to make sure he would fit that. But there were, you know, how could you control where you would be born? You know, and that's what's fascinating about the Old Testament prophecies. There are certainly things that Christ knew he would do and declared openly that he was doing it, you know, healing the sick, the lame, the blind, Isaiah talks about that, but to be born in a certain area, you can't control that Isaiah seven, the virgin birth, again, not something that, that Christ would be able to control. So the, the prophecies, when you really see them for what they are, are a fascinating testimony of the truth of God's word, but also the, the very specific nature of uh, how God was readying his people for this coming Messiah. Uh, looking ahead to the New Testament, do we see, what, what do we see talked about in the New Testament about this concept of the Messiah? You'd think that if God was preparing his people, there would have been people that were ready for this Messiah. Do we see indications of that in the New Testament? Oh, I, I definitely think so. When you look at the early parts of the Gospels, when Jesus is calling his disciples, you actually see them asking those questions. Could this be the Messiah? You have the woman at the well, who is the Samaritan woman, you know, not even a part of that nation because of the divided kingdom anymore, was also asking that same question. So there, there was both the, the priest and the scribe. You think of uh, 
Zacchaeus, you know, when John the Baptist was, Zechariah, or not Zacchaeus, Zechariah, when John the Baptist was conceived and born, what he was going through as far as looking for the Messiah. And there's a lot of examples of that where I think you see plenty of evidence of people waiting and expecting and longing for that. And now, now that when he had, Jesus had come, is this, is this really him? Could it really be? You know, you maybe think of in the, in the temple, Simeon in the temple, you know, confident that this is the Messiah that he's holding in his arms. Yeah, I would say most of the Gospels are wrestling with that question. This is the account of the one that we believe is the Messiah. And this is what he did. This is what he said. We want you to know that he has fulfilled all these Old Testament prophecies that he came to do. And the nice part about it is you have the testimony about, from all these different witnesses, eyewitnesses that point back to that. Like I mentioned before, Lee Strobel makes some pretty great points on that as well in his book. Yeah, you brought out, I, I think it's fair to say in the examples you brought out is that the, the people who had faith were the most aware that Jesus was the Messiah. The people that, that trusted and followed also had this knowledge and understanding that, that Jesus fit these promises of the Old Testament. And I don't think that's a coincidence. I think well, you, that that shows that they were aware of what God had promised and they were relying on that. You had mentioned that he'd be born in Bethlehem, but Isaiah 11 talks about him being called Nazarene. Well, it doesn't make any sense because if he comes out of Nazarene, but we see that in the New Testament account where you have Jesus and Mary going down to Egypt and then going up to Galilee area. And so he is born in Bethlehem, but because of what's going on with Herod and trying to kill this new king, they flee down to Egypt. Out of Egypt, I've called my son as another Old Testament prophecy. They go up to Galilee and then he comes from Nazareth. So all the Jews think at first, well, he's from Nazareth. And so they really, at one point, the Pharisees said, we don't even know where you come from. But it's interesting as you trace that, this is how the movement fulfilled all those prophecies. And again, no one else would fit the bill for that. Yeah, you look at that and it would seem to, to be a contradiction that it's St. Bethlehem in one instance and Nazareth in another. But you see how God unfolded that and, and how it all makes perfect sense in Christ. Near the end of his ministry, Jesus himself referenced individuals that claim to be the Messiah. What, what did he say there, Neil? Take us through that section where Jesus talked about that and, and kind of gave us a warning. Well, in Matthew 24, I think is what you're referring to. We have Jesus basically making a prophecy, telling them that this was going to happen. And he says to his disciples, signs of the end of the age, what's going to happen over the next, well, they maybe thought the next few years, but we see the next, not just the next hundreds of years, but in the next few millennia, we could see the last couple millennia as well. So signs of the end of the age, Jesus said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. Verse four of Matthew 24, then going on for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. So one of the things I've noticed, and I know you've studied some comparative religions too, is that maybe someone didn't, there has been people who have specifically said I'm the Christ, but we also see examples of people acting like a Christ and leading people away from Jesus as well. So I know this might offend people. I personally believe the Pope kind of does that too, by taking that authority in the church and saying whatever I say is God's word with his ex, ex casadra so in, in a sense, he is uh, titled, as far as titles goes, we talk about the Messiah, he's titled himself as the vicar of Christ, you know, basically the, the substitute for Christ. So in, in some sense, I think that would fit with what G Jesus is saying here in Matthew 24. You maybe think of Muhammad, who says, 
well, I'm not the Christ, but I'm a greater prophet than Christ even was. Well, he's taking that role and title from Christ. Like Christ doesn't have that authority. If you compare that to the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul did the exact opposite of that, where he says, I am the least. You know, he reminds me of John the Baptist. I'm not even worthy to untie his sandal straps. But you see so many taking this role and position of being like Christ by their authority, which Jesus never gave to them. They took it on their own. And I think that's a telling thing, which I think the statement's really powerful when you stop to really think about it. Anyone can claim that they're a Messiah. Well, anyone can claim that they're a Christ. Anyone can claim that they have that authority from God. And the question is, do they have it? Are they the Christ? And the answer to both of those is no. Yeah, really well said there. I think it shows us just how directly this claim can really touch on our lives even today. We may think that the concept of the Messiah is something of the past, that it was, it was for the Old Testament people, but now it's not really needed to be used by us today. But it's, it's, it's still a very valid concept for us to know so that we, first of all, understand the true identity of the Messiah is in Jesus, but also as we think of this concept of the Messiah in a more broad way, as you mentioned, really anyone can claim to be speaking on behalf of God. And even other religions do that and other movements do that. And they wouldn't say they're the Messiah of the Old Testament, but to claim that you're the one speaking for God is really to claim that you are a Christ. And so the Bible certainly warns us of that. And that was one of Jesus' parting messages to us. We should, should certainly in the New Testament church heed that message and beware of it and be on our guard against it. It reminds me of what John said in his epistle, 1 John 4, 1. He said, test the spirits to see whether they are from God, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. False prophets can be both within the Christian faith and outside of the Christian faith. And um, unfortunately, one of the most deceptive teachings, as you mentioned, has been the claim by some that they speak for God alone, that they represent God alone. And in that sense, that really is what the concept of the Messiah was, even if they wouldn't claim they are the Messiah of the Bible. So very good things for us to be aware of and to be on our guard against, and good reason why we need to have an answer to this skeptical claim about Jesus. Any parting yeah. thoughts there, Neil? No, I, I really appreciate having these discussions with you because I feel like it might seem on the surface like the statement isn't a big deal, but what you just said there reminds me that this is happening all the time when people are taking that authority from Jesus. And, and like you said earlier, casting doubt on his title as Messiah, you know, and having that idea of, well, there's many false Christ that have gone out into the world it's us up to us to look at what God's word says and understand obviously through the work of the Holy Spirit who is the Messiah who is the Christ because yeah there's been many that have gone out there claiming to say and do the things that he has done but you have to look at some of the fulfillment of those prophecies which are impossible to be anybody else so we always end our skeptic series on three takeaways, our three main points of the discussion. Here's what I've got, Neil. Point number one, the importance of recognizing the Messiah versus a Messiah. You pointed out how that one little word makes such a difference. Anyone can claim that they are a Messiah, 
certainly doesn't mean it's true, but they can claim it. But it's another matter to claim that you are the Messiah that has been spoken of by God. Only Jesus can fit that. Point number two is the reason why we see Jesus fitting that bill. It's the fingerprints of the Old Testament, the, the messianic prophecies that you mentioned, over 300 of them, very clearly identify for us Jesus. And they did for the people of his time as well. Yeah, I like that word fingerprint. It's good. And then number three would be, I would say, would be on your guard against imposters. That's where Jesus leaves us in Matthew 24 on, with the Olivet Discourse near the end of his life. He warned us of false Christ that would come. So we know that it's going to happen. We're not going to stop it from happening. We, you know, Christ said this is going to happen. But what we should focus on is being warned about that and being on our guard. And how do we do that? We do that by staying in the word by being prepared in our faith, just as the Old Testament people were on their guard about who the Messiah would be by staying in the word of God and knowing what God had promised. So I think that's a good parting message for us as we think about this question, not only how to answer it, but uh, how to be prepared in our faith. We stay in the word and we look at the confirmation of Jesus as the Messiah and also what he wants us to be uh, continuing in in our faith today. I love the test of spirits reference. I think that summary is well stated. Appreciate the discussion. Thank you. Well, yeah, it's kind of interesting in that sense that, you know, the Messiah is a somewhat limited concept in the Bible, but you will find a lot of references throughout the scriptures that talk about the same type of thing and give the same message and instruction from the Lord and first John being an example of that. So, Thank you, Neil, for leading us through this discussion. And uh, for our listeners, we hope that this has been another helpful podcast in responding to one of these skeptical claims about our faith. Continue to join us on uh, our podcasts on Wednesday as we bring up other skeptical questions that arise in our faith. You can also tune into our Psalm series here on Burden and Blessing podcast that comes out um, Mondays and Fridays. We have a study on the psalm and then also a devotion that follows it up so continue to follow that series as well uh, and uh, like and share our podcast and subscribe if you haven't yet and uh, share the word with someone else that they may too hear the word of god proclaimed the lord be with you all in the week ahead we hope that you will join us next week for another episode of burden and blessing podcast Our goal is always to bring you the whole counsel of God. Until next time, go in the strength of the Lord and preach the word.